featuring the creator and lead host of Clutch Crew Sports, Zach. Unfortunately, uh, Eric is an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, and uh, he went through a pretty rough postseason watching uh, my Portland Trailblazers pretty well dismantle his team, so... <laughs> Dang, okay, um, I did, did not realize we were going to go into that. <laughs> you sure you didn't lose your train of thought by looking at this picture here? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Zach really likes Alex Morgan. Also featuring Eric, I'm a co-host. I specialize in NFL and NBA. If a topic upsets me enough, I'm going to rant about it. So, if Cincinnati you know, wants to turn this around. They've got a few pieces that they can start with and then try to rebuild and get some more draft picks and get some younger talent in there and start it now. Just to face it now that you're going to suck and try to <laughs> try to fix it for the future. For people that want to say Steph is an all-time great or one of the greatest players of, or uh, even maybe the greatest player of all time, how can you really say that, though, if he would have four championships and not have been the finals MVP in any of them? Featuring Nate, NFL and college football co-host. I don't think Indiana is very good, being straight up, so I think it's <laughs> pretty fair. Spread, Indiana's getting spread triggered the right now. You just triggered the whole state. And I forgot to change on here. Oh, okay. But <laughs> here, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to defend oh, okay. it. <laughs> oh. I think... I do think Denver's a very average team. I'm going to stick with my Oakland pick. Also featuring Connor, the number one co-host. And I'm going to lock that. I'm back, baby. If you're not going to do it, I'll double lock Middleton. Because everything I've read has been that he's the number one priority for the Bucks. Like, in their minds, they could forget Brogdon and... and Lopez, they need to get Middleton back. I'm locking this one because I've got oh, a nice survival oh, okay. thing. I, I need to write this down on a piece of paper. Yep, Zach yep. is locking Denver being Chicago. What's up, everybody? Back here with another miscellaneous sports topic episode. We've got, as you heard before, the entire cast on the show today. First time in a long time that's happened. I'm super excited for it. We each have a topic to talk about. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I do want to get to some couple housekeeping things real quick. So we do have a September updated count. Eric is still in first place with 29 subscribers. I'm in second place with 14. Nate is in third with five. And Connor still in last with only one subscriber. So we're getting closer and closer, but... Eric, I feel like I'm going to catch you, man. Uh, I've got some people in my school that are going to subscribe, so be ready. <laughs> uh, there's no way, bro. There's no way. <laughs> I, am not, I am not getting roasted. Are you locking that you're going to win? No, I'm not. Uh, I'm, not the lock, I'm not the lock expertise on this podcast. But I, I'm not, I'm not going to lock it, but I, I, I believe in myself. I think Connor should lock that he's not going to win. <laughs> 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 Shots fired. Yeah, hey, yeah, dude. Let's go. Well, well you, you, you know, you know what's gonna happen is like 
on November 29th or November 30th, like all of a sudden my total is going to jump up to like 50 and you're going to be like, what? I'm going to call foul play. <laughs> uh, there was some steroids or something involved. In yeah. This, so you don't to do that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but so talking about, you know, our September, how that's going, Eric, you want to shout some people out, right? Uh, yes, sir. I sure do. Um, yeah, first I'm going to shout out uh, this uh, Twitter handle. Uh, so the first one I want to shout out is the one called Sports Podcasting Network. They're a really cool group. They look to help sports podcasters grow. Like they basically you can communicate with them. Though they they've retweeted. A lot of my tweets when we've been promoting episodes, they've subscribed to our channels and things like that. Uh, I'm also going to give a shout out to Collier and Claire Sports Show. Uh, they do a lot of NFL and NBA. They're very similar podcast to us. They have a lot of great content. I've listened to some of their episodes and I've been enjoying that and I've been enjoying interacting with them as well. And then also I'm going to shout out sports center amino on twitter uh i've never heard of this app i don't know if any of you guys have heard of it but it's an app called amino and it's basically like a group app where you can make groups and then interact or you can join groups too and interact with people within the groups and so i'm in his group called uh sports center there's like two or three hundred people in there i've been interacting with some people in there i've been enjoying that and then lastly danny podolsky i've been interacting with him and we've been retweeting each other's stuff helping each other out he has a lot of great articles on basketball i've been uh, i don't know if he's going to make videos or anything but he's put articles and stuff out there i've been reading them he's got good stuff as well so if you're listening to this you know check all those people out they're really cool word man uh, <laughs> word uh, yeah we're gonna we're gonna keep doing that for the rest of november um all the new subscribers that we get uh, we're going to shout out in these episodes that we recently can. I mean, we can't shout out all 45 or whatever it is, but um, the ones that we've been interacting with a lot, uh, we will shout them out. And I, I will shout out a bunch of people in the next episode, so stay tuned for that. Um, so now let's get to our topics here. So we've all got a topic that we chose, and we're all going to respond to one of each other's topics. So my topic that I'm going to start with is going to be about load management in the NBA. Eric is going to give a response to that. He's going to disagree with my points on that, on the load management. Connor is going to talk about the Panthers quarterback situation. Nate is going to weigh in his thoughts as well, give a different perspective. And then Eric is going to talk about should the Chargers move on from Phillip Rivers and Connor's going to give his perspective on that topic as well. And then to round out our show, Nate is going to give us a segment on Colin Kaepernick's workout this past weekend. And I'm going to respond to his uh, topic. So it's a fun show planned, guys. I hope you guys enjoy. All right. So load management is something that has been coming up in the sports news a lot lately. And... 
we're kind of a little late to talk about this. Um, honestly, I thought this was going to be one of the topics in a prior episode, but it just ended up not happening. So I wanted to dedicate my segment here about load management. And to me, I'll just say this up front here. I am 100% okay and supportive of teams doing load management. And I do want to say with a caveat, if a superstar is going to load manage, I still think that they should announce that before the game in a reasonable time. But I do have a lot of issues when people talk about, when fans talk about, oh, load, they're load managing. Uh, um, the reason why is because there's 82 NBA games. Like, you have plenty and plenty. You have over 40 chances to go to and watch an NBA game in your city with your team's players. Um there's just so many opportunities to watch an NBA game if you live in a city that you shouldn't really be complaining if Kawhi Leonard misses a quarter of those games when he's going to be at the other 75% of them. I feel like that is kind of unfair um, because as fans, you have a ability to go to all those games. But So basically... And another thing about load management, too, I want to talk about is this isn't anything new. While it's not something that was going on 20 years ago, it's been happening this past uh, these past couple seasons. And now that Kawhi is in the Los Angeles market, you hear about it a lot more. But here's a prime example of how load management can be good is Kawhi Leonard missed over 20 games last season with the Raptors for load management. And nobody ever talked about it because he was in Toronto, but I don't know the exact number of games. I know it was somewhere in the 20s. And what did Toronto do last year? <laughs> they won the NBA Finals. Like That was our first, uh, our first six or seven episodes were just all about the NBA Finals, and Kawhi Leonard was a huge topic in, those, in the, the Finals discussion. He obviously won Finals MVP, but... The benefit of having Kawhi Leonard miss those 26 games was astronomical for the Raptors to make it to the finals, let alone win the finals. Um, it's a huge advantage if you have a superstar that's rested going into the playoffs. And it's something that not only Leonard's doing, but Greg Popovich has done a lot too with his players like Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Ginobili. He would constantly load manage them uh, while for them it was mainly in their back half of their careers, it still was something that was happening, and he didn't care about getting fines from the NBA. And the Spurs won a title uh, not too long ago as well. So it's got success. Load management is not a failure, in my opinion. It exists for a reason. There are chance, There are results and records of it working out. And you can see down here, I, I screenshotted a tweet from this guy named Brian Mazike. Um, and he says here, I'm totally for load management in the NBA, especially for injured or veteran players. I would rather see LeBron, Rose, KD, Kawhi, and AD in 66 games and the entire postseason than 74 and out for the playoffs. And I totally agree with this because 
the NBA regular season is too long. If the NBA regular season was shortened, I would be less okay with load management because every game means more to make the playoffs. But missing these games doesn't really mean much for these teams. And it's just something that I feel like these NBA regular season games are so devalued that why risk an injury? Why risk um, the accumulation of injuries? And that's something Kawhi Leonard is, he's kind of fragile. Um, and if you, you shouldn't be playing him an entire season if you want to get the most out of him in the postseason. So it's an advantage for the Clippers to be able to do that. The Lakers right now, while they have a better record, I'm more worried about them because LeBron is, you know, playing such at a high level and he's playing, it seems like with more energy and more defensive awareness, um, that it might end up costing him in the long run because he's going to be burnt out by the time the playoffs get around. And then another reason, too, to why I like load management is, here's a quote from Derek Rose. So he says, all the time in Chicago when I was coming back, load management wasn't a term. Back then, it was if you were doing something like load management, it would be like you're being lazy. And that was how it was viewed. And obviously, Derrick Rhodes had that season where he had so many injuries just accumulating up, and he would be in and out of the lineup, back in, back out. If he had been able to load manage that season, I think his career could have been completely different. There's no guarantees to these injuries and stuff, but still, um, like I said, and then later on, Greg Popovich was really the one to force this issue. Um, and... I, I think it's smart because, yeah, if you're not playing their entire regular season, you're less likely to win the awards like MVP and stuff like that. And, but at the end of the day, this is about championships. And if you're able to have an advantage for the NBA Finals, you should absolutely take that. Um, if the advantage is if – it's be, if it's a better advantage to have Kawhi Leonard rested than it is to win – I don't know, six more games, I think the Clippers are going to say, let's go with Kawhi Leonard rested um, because it's really not going to matter in the long run, these regular season games. Uh, so those are my thoughts on load management. I'm totally for it. I know a lot of people aren't, but personally, if I was a fan of the Clippers, I absolutely would want Kawhi Leonard to be missing as many games as he can. And I know it's kind of frustrating, but right now it doesn't matter, guys. People are getting so worked up over this first couple weeks of the season. It really does not matter. The NBA season really doesn't even start until Christmas. So just load manage all you want. I'm fine with it. Until the NBA shortens the regular season, I'm cool with this. Eric, I'll let you. Uh, actually, Eric, I don't think. I think he left um, the show. So <laughs> uh, we actually have Kawhi Leonard on the show here to talk about this issue. Kawhi Leonard, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey. Gonna make him miss games. I'll make some games. I'll miss some games. (laughs) 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 Oh my god, that was unscripted. I didn't know that was happening. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, Zach knew I was going to do the Kawhi Leonard voice, so he didn't know what I was going to (laughs) say. Uh, but anyway, yeah, obviously I'm back. Kawhi Leonard hacked my account for a second, but uh, I'm back now. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, now that I got that out of my system. Um, so 
Zach brings up a lot of great points here, and I don't completely disagree with this. Like, I'm not on the exact opposite extreme of where Zach is. Like, I'm not saying, from my point of view, I don't think players should necessarily be forced to play all 82 games. But I think they just got, I guess for me, it's like they need to pick other times because a lot of times what happens is, like, while Zach brings up a great point, you know, like if you're a Clippers fan and you have season tickets, you know, you're not going to see Kawhi Leonard at every game. But that's not a big deal because you still see him at, you know, the other 75% of the home games or whatever. But what sucks is, you know, say if you're a Kawhi Leonard fan who lives in, you know, an Eastern conference team like Detroit or Orlando or somewhere like that. And then you want to go to the game. Well, the problem is, is that, you know, these Western and Eastern conference teams, they only play each other twice a year, once at home and one on the road. So, you know, if you're like a Kawhi Leonard fan that lives in Detroit, when the Clippers come into town to play the Pistons, well, if he takes a load management day that day, then you don't get to see him play. Or like another instance that I was thinking of, like I'm working on planning a trip to go to San Antonio. Now, I, I'm not a, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Thunder fan now. They don't have Paul George and Russell Westbrook anymore. But let's say they still had them. And then I buy my tickets like way in advance to make sure I can you know, get tickets to the game. And then I get into San Antonio and then they announce the day before the game, oh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook are they're getting the day off for load management. They're not going to play. Well, I just wasted my money. So, well, I'm not, I'm definitely not completely against load management. I definitely think players should be able to have a few days off. I definitely agree with Zach as well. that 82 games is way too long for a season. They, I know they'll probably never shorten it because of financial reasons, but really it's something they should consider doing. But I just I think they need to be more careful of like when they plan these load management days for some of these players, because another instance that happened recently was the Clippers and Bucks were playing on national television and then Kawhi Leonard didn't play in the game. So that hurts your viewership numbers like all across America, because, yeah, Giannis was in the game, but. You know, Kawhi versus Giannis would be a big marquee matchup that's only going to happen two times this season unless these teams face off in the finals. So that would have been a great game for the NBA to get, you know, a high viewership number. But I don't I don't know what the official numbers were on the game, but I'd be willing to bet it was a lot lower than what it would have been if Kawhi had played. So it's a tough thing to figure out because you don't want to you know, you don't want to hurt your viewership or hurt your season ticket holders and things like that. But you also want to have all of these players healthy come playoff time when it matters the most. So it's a hard thing. You ask for like offering a solution. I don't really know what the best solution would be, but I feel like if they're taking off like, you know, 20 or 25 out of 82 i mean they're taking off 25 percent of the games i mean that is a good amount and even though you know unless you're like a team that's going to be like a bubble team fighting for a playoff spot then yeah the regular season doesn't fully matter but i don't know there just has to be some other kind of solution to be figured out and obviously like i know in one of the tweets that uh you know zach said that 
their forload management if the player's injured. Well, obviously, you don't want people playing if they're yeah. <laughs> injured. I mean, obvi- that that's <laughs> obvious. I, I didn't really like that point. You know, like, oh, you're, you got a sprained ankle. We'll get out there anyway. But, you know what I mean? Obviously, you don't want people playing if they're hurt. But, you know, if it's just like, well, they need a day of rest, uh, you know. <laughs> You know, if it's like a game that's not even going to be on any time of TV or something, maybe that's different. But, you know, when you when you got players sitting out these games that are being aired on national television and stuff that that creates a little bit more of a problem, in my opinion. But it's hard to say where to go with that. I guess I don't I I don't really know where else to go with this. But I guess those those are my overall thoughts on this. All right. Move on to our next topic here. I'll let Connor take the stage. Yeah, so I decided that I was going to use this week to talk about uh, the Panthers quarterback situation with Kyle Allen and Cam Newton. Obviously, the Panthers are coming off a uh, horrible, disturbing loss to the Atlanta Falcons at home, 29-3. to I mean, anytime you lose 29-3, to it's not good, but especially at home to a team who's 2-7. and seven, uh, Not a very good look. So there was a lot of talk in Carolina after... Kyle Allen first came in for Cam Newton, and, you know, he was playing tremendously. The Panthers were on a four-game winning streak, and his, you know, he was 4-0 and as a starter. Hadn't thrown an interception yet, and everybody was, you know, thinking, oh, this is the guy, like, Carolina's going to, this is the guy, we're going to, he's going to be our future, we're going to be able to trade Cam Newton for some draft picks, or, like, you know, uh, maybe another player or something like that, and we can move on from Cam Newton. Well, not so fast. Then the game in San Francisco happened, and since then, the Panthers are 1-3 and three under Kyle Allen. And Kyle Allen, in that time span, has thrown three touchdowns to nine interceptions, which is not good. So, and I think a lot of it was, a lot of people started to, I'm going to go off the opinion that I think the Panthers need to stick with Cam Newton, because, and I was one of the people... I think these got uh, Zach and Nate discussed, um, you know, possible trades for the Panthers with Cam Newton. Yeah, we said that and, they should get rid of him. Yeah. Right, and I was actually probably of that opinion when that was coming around. But now, after seeing what's been going on in the past couple of games, I think maybe a lot of people jumped the gun on that. And, I mean, I know you want to try and groom a guy for the future and oh well I know he's playing bad but we want to stick with him but maybe he's showing that he needs a little bit more development because he is only a rookie after all so you know we and we've seen what happens in the past when you just throw rookie quarterbacks in there to be a starter obviously Kyle Allen is a unique situation like they didn't throw him in there because they wanted him to be the starter he just had to take over because Cam got hurt but Outside of Andrew Luck, it's pretty hard to find a rookie quarterback who came in and completely lit up the scoreboard and, you know, went on to be the future of the team. So I think the best course of action for the Panthers right now is to maybe stick with Cam Newton for a little longer. And I think this probably this season was probably good for Cam Newton. The fact that, you know, last season he talked about how he had this nagging shoulder injury that he was plaguing him for the whole season, and that's why they weren't playing as well, and blah, 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 you know, whatever. And so, and he got shoulder surgery in the off season. But I think this year, even though he got another injury, it's good that they went ahead and deactivated him, you know, in week three. So that way 
they can give Cam Newton time to heal up, give him time, give him a long time to heal up, not just, you know, the off season, but pretty well the whole, the whole year, a chance to heal up, get ready for next season, come back. And yeah, you know, if, if Cam Newton comes out next season and he starts playing bad, then, you know, you can trade him. I mean, cause obviously they can't trade him now because the trade deadline is passed, but then you can trade him. But at least you have that sense of, security, I guess, in a way that you have a veteran quarterback, someone who's been around the block a few times, you know, who knows this organization inside and out and knows the offense, knows how it's run and can put up numbers. I mean, Cam Newton, maybe they weren't the greatest numbers in the world, but he always put up consistent numbers. And, you know, he's I know there's been also been questions about his work ethic and all that sort of thing. And he's a bit of a prima donna, but at the end of the day, the Panthers have had a fair amount of success under him. I mean, he took them to a Super Bowl in 2015. I mean, that was the offense that took the Panthers that year, not the defense. So I think the short term is going to be having to keep Cam Newton around because I know the other question for the Panthers when it comes to quarterbacks is that, okay, if you, get, if you stick with Kyle Allen and you trade Cam Newton, now who do you have? Well, you have Will Greer, who is... I mean, I saw him play in the preseason. I mean, Will Greer was supposed to be the backup when the season started, and he had one of the most awful preseasons, you know, I've seen in quite a while for a quarterback. Obviously, it worked out in Jacksonville's favor, even though Gardner Minshew had a horrible preseason. But um, so it's like, do you, if you're going to decide to go and trade Cam Newton and keep with Kyle Allen, then what are you going to do in terms of backups? Are you going to try and go find maybe like, look for an Andy Dalton to come in is kind of like a, maybe a mentor role or, you know, maybe somebody, some other veteran quarterback who's just been floating around there. But I think it's good to have two quarterbacks that can do it. So that way you kind of like what the Eagles had with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles, because you know, when Carson Wentz went down last year, every, all the Eagles fans were like, okay, it's not that bad. We still have Nick Foles and Nick Foles came in and led them to the playoffs. You know, he didn't win another Super Bowl, but he didn't. He wasn't the reason why they weren't successful that year, and I think that's what the Panthers can maybe ride for at least another season, is have Cam Newton and Kyle Allen. So that way, if one of them starts playing bad, the other one's still there to pick up the slack. And if Cam Newton starts playing bad, then you can always trade him. So, and then I know also in this slide I included a. Nate's going to talk about this a little bit later, but I included a picture of Colin Kaepernick and a question mark. There were a lot of, there was a lot of talk that maybe the Panthers were going to be looking at Colin Kaepernick because Kyle Allen just came off a four interception game. And maybe the GM was one of those, like, I don't care. You know, we want to win now sort of GMs, but the Panthers did shut that down. David Tepper came out and said, no, we are not interested in Colin Kaepernick at all. So uh, you can rule out the Panthers signing Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, so I'm kind of give my take on this whole um, situation. I I kind of agree with uh, what Connor said about um, uh, Will Greer having a bad postseason, but in my opinion, I think they should give him a shot. Um, to start a couple games at the end of this year, just kind of see what they have in him. I know the Panthers are still sort of um, 
at least mathematically in the playoff hunt. But I think the way they looked last Sunday, I don't think they're a legitimate uh, contender even with McCaffrey and some of those guys they have. So I think what I think would be best for the team would be to give um, Wilger at least a little bit more playing time, uh, at least a few games, just to kind of see what you've got in him. Because I think at this point, it seems like they're going to move on from Cam Newton. Um, I think he's going to want a lot of money, and there's definitely going to be a market out there for him. And I do think they'll keep Kyle Allen around just because he's been in the system. Um, he's semi-proven. He's at least capable of going out there and at least you know playing you know, those games. Um, but if I was the Panthers, I would see what you have in Will Greer for a couple games, see if he's... Um, even got any kind of future in the NFL. So then you know this offseason who to either target in free agency or see about trying to draft a quarterback, maybe trade some picks and move up for one of the top guys in this class. Um, but that would, be my, that would be my suggestion. I think Kyle Allen, you've kind of seen uh, both his ceiling and his floor. He was pretty efficient you know, for a young quarterback, most mainly as a game manager kind of his first few games which I think he's definitely got that capability with this team. We've also seen that he definitely can hold a team, the team back through his play. So I, I think it's time to just totally evaluate the quarterback situation, see what you've got, and try and figure out how to move on from uh, the Cam Newton era. All right, we'll move on to our next topic now. I'll let Eric take it away. Yeah, so similar to... Connor's topic, I have a quarterback situation that I feel needs to be addressed as well. And it should the should the uh, LA Chargers move on from Phillip Rivers. He's on the final year of his deal this year, and going into the season, I probably would have said that they, you know, should give him a short-term extension or something. But I don't know if they should now. He, it just seems like he's really regressed this year. I mean, you can tell you can tell the age is hitting him. And one thing that's really concerned me throughout the last two games, he's had a four interception game and a three interception game in his last two games. And I went back and watched the condensed version on Game Pass of both of those, and. He just he does not look good. He, his accuracy hasn't been very good. His arm strength has not very been very good. He's made a lot of bad decisions on his interceptions. You know, because w- whenever quarterbacks have a lot of interceptions, I don't always like just to look at the numbers and be, oh, he's thrown X amount of interceptions. He's terrible. I like to go back and see, you know, were the interceptions really his fault or did they? bounce off his wide receiver's hands and then the defender caught him, you know, different things like that. But most of his interceptions have been poor decisions on his part. And I don't know. I, I feel like his time in LA should be over. The only thing I would, if they were to keep him, the only thing I would maybe suggest would be to, you know, offer him like a one year deal or something and then do what you can to draft a quarterback in the next year's draft and then be ready to move on from him in the following season. But really, 
I just I don't think they're going to be able to win with him now. I I just feel like this year has not been good, and even even like in the Chiefs game, I was watching, and mo not all, but most of his passing yards came from like screen passes and check bounds that you know, we're able to turn around and get a field for a lot of yards after the catch and stuff like that. Most of his deep passes were either short or thrown into double coverage. He actually had a, he had four interceptions in the chiefs game. He also had a fifth one that just Tyron Mathieu just, it fell in his lap, but he just dropped it. I don't know how he didn't catch it, but so it could have been an even worse day for him than he had. He's really regressed and, if I'm the Chargers, I mean, obviously they can't trade him at this point because the trade deadline is passed. But if I'm if I'm the L.A. Chargers, I'm looking to move on from him next year. Like I said, maybe give him a one year deal and bring in a rookie quarterback or something. But I wouldn't go. I definitely would not go beyond that. So, Connor, I know you're going to respond to this. So what what are your thoughts on this? Well, my thoughts on this, I mean, I do agree with the part about giving him only a one-year deal after this. Like, I I do agree that giving him a a long-term contract would be foolish. I mean, even not just because of his play this year, but given the fact that he's an older quarterback, I mean, unless he was lighting it up, you know, kind of like how Roethlisberger or, or, you know, um, if, like, Tom Brady was at the end of his contract or somebody like that who's, like, you know, still was playing at a high level came contract time then I'd agree. So I agree with the one-year contract. But I do think one thing that the Chargers need to do to maybe help Phillip Rivers a little bit more is I was looking at some of the stats on ESPN, and the Chargers, they have the fifth most passing attempts in the league, which, you know, per game, which seems pretty odd to me considering that you've got Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler in the backfield. It seems to me like you'd maybe be handing the ball off a little bit more and giving – you know, your star running backs a chance rather than putting all the pressure on your 37 or 36 year old quarterback. So I don't think it's time yet for the chargers to move on from Phillip rivers because I'm not actually sure who their backup quarterback is. Is it who, do you know who their backup quarterback is? They have Tyrod uh, Taylor right yeah. now. I, I don't I don't know how long his contract is. Okay. So uh, that's right. I was wondering if they were the one that had Tyrod Taylor. So, I mean, which, Maybe you can do kind of like what Nate was suggesting with the uh, like what the Panthers were going to do, maybe with Will Greer. Maybe since the Chargers are even they're in an even worse position than the Panthers are right now. So maybe try Tyrod Taylor out, see how he does. I mean, obviously, Tyrod Taylor has been proven. You know, we've seen him a lot before, but maybe just see how he fits into the system. How well does he do? You know, he had a lot of success in Buffalo when he had a star running back behind him, like when he had Fred Jackson along with him or um, when C.J. Spiller had his one really good year. So maybe he could thrive in that scenario, and maybe he just needs to be a game manager because Phillip Rivers isn't going to sit back there and be a game manager. If he's going to throw the ball, he's going to try and make stuff happen because that's what he's done his whole career. So maybe... They try Tyrod Taylor a little bit. I don't think it's time for them. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, all that they should bench Phillip Rivers and, you know, maybe not bench him yet or maybe not don't move on from him yet. Just because 
wait and see how, and maybe run the ball a little bit more is my thing. Because again, you have two star running backs. Why are you throwing it an average of 40 times a game when you've got a 36 year old quarterback? So I'm not in complete disagreement with Eric, but um, I, I do think that's the route they should at least try and take. All right, we'll move on now to the final topic, and Nate is going to lead this discussion about Colin Kaepernick. All right, so as most people, pretty much everyone knows, um, Colin Kaepernick had a highly publicized workout um, in Atlanta uh, this past Saturday. Uh, It was set up by the NFL and some of its teams. Um, Basically, it was, you know, they said it was to... Uh, give him kind of a shot once and for all to get in front of NFL teams, have a workout, and uh, potentially get signed. Um, the it was originally scheduled to take place um, at the Falcon Stadium, or not their stadium, but their uh, practice facility, and there were supposed to be almost all the teams were scheduled to go, and then I guess an hour before at last minute, uh, he and his reps moved the workout to a high school field. I believe it was like an hour away from where it was really supposed to be. And I think only like 11 teams showed up. So basically, kind of what I want to talk about this, um, that was a little bit of background for you, but basically what I want to talk about is, is Colin Kaepernick going to um, end up being signed by a team as a result of this workout? Which I know is kind of a question that a lot of people have been asking, uh, especially with some of the bad quarterback player on the league. Maybe it's finally, after three years, he's going to end up um, back on a team. But what I'm here to do is tell you why that is not going to happen. Um, so basically, uh, this workout this past weekend, in my opinion, was really just a big publicity stunt by the NFL um, to kind of come out once and for all and give the owners and the teams kind of some support behind their... Um, like justification that he's not signed because his talent level has slipped. Um, that's basically been the main reason that when teams are asked about, you know, you have some bad quarterback play, why don't you go sign Colin Kaepernick? You know, they've been saying, like, you know, he's not good enough, doesn't fit, um, whatever we want to do with our team, but no one's really, not too many teams have worked him out. So this kind of was a shot for them to all show up to one location, all watch him go through a workout, and then now they can say, uh, if they really, if their owners don't want to sign him because of the bad publicity, they can say, hey, he wasn't, he didn't look good in the workout. So that's why we um, have decided to go a different direction. Um, and this was pretty evident uh, to me. I believe it was Thursday. They put out a list of 11 teams that had signed up um, and committed to going. And soon after that, pretty much every other team in the league. Um, announced they're going to send some kind of a scout or um, executive to go watch the workout. So kind of shows you that they may, they mostly just wanted to be there to have that uh, kind of justification that there's a real reason that he's not um, going to be on a roster thing, kind of shelve this debate uh, once and for all. But outside of that, I think the almost a bigger reason that he's not going to be on a team is uh, he's also kind of to blame for this. It's not just the NFL teams. 
Um, there's been the argument that he's been blackballed from the league for kneeling, which is highly publicized. Um, but that may, you know, be partially to blame. But I I do put a lot of blame on him as well. I think he's in in my opinion, at least from what I can tell um, about him through his uh, you know appearances and through the media and everything like that. I do think he's pretty insincere as far as um, wanting to play football and also wanting to kind of do all that social justice stuff he talks about. Um, as far as playing football, uh, I don't believe he actually wants to play in the NFL. I still, you know, as you've seen, he's been on TV a lot lately. Uh, he's got a Nike contract. Uh, he's still making a lot of money as a Nike football ambassador, even though he hasn't played um, anything in over three years. So I, I think... Let me kind of like refocus this here. Um, basically, mm-hmm. I, I think it's a lot of it has to do with his fault because if you look around the league, um, if you go back to 2016 when most of the national anthem protests happened, others, uh, most of those players who kneeled are either still on rosters, or if they're not, they're players like um, Arian Foster who were pretty old and were on their last leg already. You, know, you see guys like Eric Reed. There's a picture um, in the slides here if you're watching on YouTube. Um, but you have Eric Reed, and I believe that's Reuben Foster possibly kneeling. But both of them um, have ended up back in the league, I believe. Um, and there's plenty of other players, Kenny Stills, um, some of those guys who kneeled publicly, and they're still um, on NFL rosters because they've you know, been able to add something to their teams. Um so I think there's definitely something more to it that he's the only one that hasn't been signed still. Uh, I've heard there were some op- opportunities for him with um, the, the Broncos and the Ravens, and he passed both those up. Um, who knows how much uh, truth there is to those rumors, but that's definitely out there. Um, there's also evident in the way that he moved the workout on uh, on Saturday. They had a plan. Uh, totally in place, and then he and his agents and representatives came in and kind of switched everything at the last moment, and only a few teams ended up going to watch him. And a lot of it had to do with he had Nike cameras out there to shoot a commercial. Um, That was all part of the workout. So it kind of shows that um, he's, you know, as concerned as he says he is about getting back into the league, he's also you know, really concerned about trying to keep that image up that, you know, he's this guy that's like fighting for, I guess, the people, whatever he wants to say. Um, that's why he's doing all these ads for Nike and um, all that. So um, overall, it's a lot of people saw this workout um, over the weekend as a shot that, hey, maybe he's close to being back in the league. A lot of teams, like we talked about with the Panthers, um, a lot of teams that have had quarterback um, struggles or they've got um, might have a vacancy at quarterback pretty soon. Um, he's been linked to all those teams. But in my opinion, his chance of being signed um, after that workout this weekend is just the same as it was before the workout, which I think was um, a solid 0% chance. So yeah. I'll let you guys uh, say what you think. Yeah, all right. So... I'll weigh in here on this situation. Um, I mean, this is kind of crazy how the story has played out, and we're still talking about him three years after uh, 
he left the league, but I I really agree with just about everything Nate said. Um, it's rare for me to agree with somebody as much as I do. <laughs> but I mean, he it's because it's, it's, it's Nate and not uh, Eric or I. <laughs> yeah, if it was Eric, I would disagree. <laughs> um, I but, agree with everything Nate said, and I get to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, Nate, Nate said it really well about how I don't think he ever really wanted to come back to the NFL. Um, I think it's more of just like him trying to say like the NFL is excluding him. And I do agree with that. I do think that, uh, the owners and stuff have, you know, conspired against him not to sign him. I, I agree, but also, if he really wanted to be back in the NFL, he would have he would have been at that workout because he wanted the video to be like nationally videoed and stuff like that. But that doesn't matter because he's what he's trying to do is he's trying to uh, appease to the fans and just normal people with that video by having the ESPN there or whatever and all that sort of stuff, making it open to the public. He's trying to appease to fans, whereas if he wanted to get a job back, he would be uh, putting the workout in front of actual NFL people, and he chose not to do that. I mean, it was a weird situation with the NFL trying to, like, schedule him a workout only four or five days in advance of the workout in Atlanta when he lives in New York, and it at this time in the season, it was like, to me, when I heard that news, I was like, okay, the NFL is trying to, like, get this over with. They're going to try and, like, have a workout, and then just nobody's going to... Like, I already thought no one was going to sign him to begin with, and then I thought, okay, this workout's just going to be, like, for the NFL to, like, say, hey, we gave him a shot, and then he didn't perform. But now, I mean, it's been confirmed, I think, he's not going to be playing football because it's not the talent that's an issue. I don't think, um, I don't think people are saying like, Oh, it's, you know, his, I think people say he could still play or he at least deserves a chance in the roster. But, um, the fact that he canceled this workout because of some language in the waivers didn't make sense because it's standard waivers that they give to every player who comes in, for um, a workout at any point in the season, any combine or any sort of thing like that. It's just, just a standard waiver. I don't know what's the big deal. It's To me, it's just a publicity stunt, I think. And he's not serious about getting back in the league because if he was, social justice issues aside, he would have been at that NFL scheduled workout and who knows if he would have even been signed with that, but this pretty much just confirms he's not going to be signed. Um, so I basically agree with, with everything Nate said. He went into more details about it and everything. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I think it started out him getting conspired against, but he's done himself no favors in trying to get back. Um, and I mean, he's done a lot of, I think positive work and I think he's done, I think his message is a good message, but at the same time, he's also done some really insensitive things like 
the socks with like the police as like pigs or whatever and then uh the castro shirt stuff it's stuff like that that like i you know it it kind of like alienates him you know whereas like a lot of people i think can support like the police brutality issue when you go to like supporting castro and you know absolutely despising the police to the extent that he did i think it was a little bit extreme personally but um it's this has been a really unique situation um and i i think we've i think we've hit the final chapter for his chances of coming back in the nfl i don't think there's going to be any any more news of him rejoining but uh we do actually have a little bit more time to talk about this, so I'll open it up to either Eric or Connor if you wanted to talk about the situation or not, because we do have some time here. I mean, my opinion on the whole Kaepernick thing has always been that, like, I agree that he has, you know, a decent amount of talent when it comes to being a quarterback, but... I think it's one of those things that when it comes to NFL owners, and they're going to have to have this conversation about Miles Garrett in the future, but it's like, does his talent outweigh the drama and the headache that he would bring to a team? Which, in my opinion, at least for Kaepernick, I would say no. I mean, you got to remember, this is a guy who got benched for Blaine Gabbard when he was playing <laughs> yeah. in San Francisco. So, I mean... Is he better than, you know, I think, I can't remember who it was who said something. I think it was one of the Panthers broadcasters I saw, or one of the guys on some radio that was saying like, oh, you know, there's like 32 quarterbacks and 32 backups. So, you know, there's 64 quarterbacks in the league at least. So is Kaepernick, like, are you saying that he's not in one of those 64 best quarterbacks? Like, I think he is one of the 64 best quarterbacks. But at the same time, you know, like again, all this drama and all this headache that he's going to bring to your team, you know, because, you know, as soon as he someone signs him, you know, even on game days, if he's not even going to play, all the attention's still going to be on him. It's all going to be on Kaepernick. Like, what's Kaepernick going to do? Is he going to kneel for the anthem? Is he going to, you know, what is he going to do? Like, yeah. Zach, you know, what Zach was saying about how he was wearing this stuff, what's he going to wear? Is he going to be wearing something like that? It just causes a PR and media nightmare for a team that nobody wants to deal with. They want to focus on playing football and winning Super Bowls, and they don't want to have to focus on, I mean, you saw what it did to the Steelers last year when they had all this drama in the locker room with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. I mean, a team that should have been contending for the Super Bowl missed the playoffs. So... No, I just think the owners don't want that headache, despite whatever talent he might have. And I do agree that I think this is the last chapter. <clears throat> I mean, there might be random news stories about him after this, but nothing significant to to this point, like what this was. Yeah, Eric, and to, you got anything? And to, okay. To piggyback off of what Connor said, I mean, he said it pretty much exactly what I was going to say. I mean. Yeah, like to his point about, you know, being like one of the 64 best quarterbacks. I mean, honestly, now that he hasn't even been in the league in three years, like, I don't know how his workout went or whatever. But I mean, if he were to come back right now, who knows if he would be or not since he hasn't played in so long. But when this all when this whole drama first, you know, started up with him, I mean, obviously at the time, of course, he was one of the 64 best quarterbacks. But, you know, do you want your backup quarterback 
who's writing, you know, who's going to be on the bench unless the starter just does really poorly or if the starter gets injured, you know, do you want all of this drama? And I mean, obviously the answer is no. I mean, the only, the only reason why you would want be okay, possibly be okay with, you know, the amount of publicity and drama that you're going to get from this is if he's like, you know, Tom Brady or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees good. I mean, and even when he was at his peak, he wasn't that great. I, th- I think what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, Jim Harbaugh had a great system for him, you know, with the one read option type of plays, you know, and if it wasn't there, he could run, but, you know, it worked for a time, but teams caught on to that pretty quickly. And when he started having to play in more of a you know, traditional pro style, you know, having to make three or four reads before throwing the ball, he, you know, he fell apart. And, you know, like Connor said, I mean, he did get benched for Blaine Gabbert. I, I don't, I think a lot of people forget that. But so, I mean, I would like, you know, for him to have a chance, but, you know, Zach and Nate summed it up perfectly too. I mean, you're not helping your case when, you know, you have a press conference and you're wearing a Fidel Castro t-shirt. I mean, that, you know, that type of thing, that, that's not going to go well in America. I mean, you know, when you, when you do stuff like that, it's like, if you really want to like, have a chance in the league, you know, you're not going to do that type of stuff. Like, you know, obviously like I don't support Fidel Castro, but I wouldn't go to my job tomorrow and walk around wearing that. You know what I mean? Even, <laughs> even if I was, you know, I, I, I want to keep my job. So as Nate and Zach broke it down perfectly, I mean, he did not help himself. I mean, I, I do feel that the league was, conspiring against him because of this at first I agree with that as well I feel like it was kind of a similar situation with Tim Tebow where people were like outraged of him you know praying before the games and and while while the circumstances were you know different there was still a negative drama that you know whether it was their fault or not there was a negative drama that was brought in for both of them and it kind of the same thing kind of happened with Tim Tebow. You know, like, was he good enough to be a top 64 quarterback? Sure. But, you know, he, he got to where his game got exposed to, and it was obvious. And I, and I, like, I know Tim Tebow's family and like, I met him and stuff. So like, you know, if anybody's going to be like biased for Tim Tebow, it would be me, but I still would even not, you know, say at the time of his incident that, I would definitely, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, he was a top 10 quarterback. He got screwed. Like, you know, he was definitely at a backup level, but, you know, then teams didn't want all that drama. And then same thing kind of happened to him. But I, I, I could go on about this for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't even, I wasn't even planning to talk about this. I didn't. Really yeah, we didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Time, but um, yeah. So but I guess like Kaepernick's situation is even worse than. Tebow's because at least Tebow didn't start, you know, doing stuff to harm himself with his chances. You know what I mean? Whereas that's what Kaepernick did with the t-shirt and the pig socks and all that. So 
I don't know, man. It's a big hoopla. I kind of, I think it was a, I agree too. I think it was a publicity stunt on both parts, really, like with the NFL saying, oh, he didn't he didn't prove his worth and then with Kaepernick with moving the workout like I, it was almost like it was a publicity stunt on both sides of the field so mm-hmm. it really just a fascinating topic for sure I'm I'm going to lock that Kaepernick will not get signed <laughs> <laughs> and that's your safest lock you pull on yeah <laughs> you don't have to put that one on the board yeah okay <laughs> if, he, if he somehow gets signed though oh man that's gonna look oh, bad. I, I mean I, yeah no, i think we're all gonna look dumb if he gets yeah. signed but yeah. that is true I mean, we're not the only ones that'll look dumb if he gets yeah. signed all right guys uh hopefully you enjoyed listening to this episode uh we'll be back with our next episode talking about the weekend in sports so take care have a great rest of your day bye see ya Peace.